The following message comes to you from the pulpit of Zion Primitive Baptist Church in Zion, Alabama. For more information, please visit us online at zionpbc.com. I want to welcome you today to the Zion Primitive Baptist Church podcast. This podcast is an outreach of Zion Primitive Baptist Church, which is located in the Zion community near Gordo, Alabama. I'm Elder Chris McCool, and I serve as pastor of Zion Primitive Baptist Church. We are a congregation of believers in the sovereign grace of God where families worship together through the simple practice of preaching, praying, and singing. If you live in this area or are visiting here, we would love to have you attend worship services with us. We meet every Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m. and every Sunday evening at 5 p.m. and the first and third Wednesday evenings at 6.30 p.m. I'm happy to note that our daily podcast is featured on Grace Alone Radio, which you can find at gracealoneradio.net. You can find the schedule on the website, and you can also download an app to your phone so that you can listen wherever you are. Grace Alone Radio is a 24-hour streaming service which carries the message of God's sovereign grace around the clock and around the world. Zion Primitive Baptist Church is located at 9487 County Road 49, Gordo, Alabama. That's near the intersection of County Road 49 and Alabama Highway 159, about eight miles north of Gordo, Alabama, and about 10 miles northeast of Reform, Alabama. If you're interested in finding more sermons, you can go to our website at zionpbc.com, that's z-i-o-n-p-b-c.com, where you'll find all of our posted sermons as well as a link to subscribe to our podcast. You can also subscribe to our website which will update you every time a new sermon is posted. As we approach the end of our series on marriage and the family, we're looking at the role of parents. Parenting is truly a fulfilling job, but it is not an easy job. As parents, we have to discipline our children. We have to apply the rod and provide reproof. But in doing so, we don't want to discourage our children. As a matter of fact, our text verse today, Colossians 3.21, specifically forbids us from provoking our children to wrath because when we do so, they can become discouraged. But if we follow God's plan for parenting, we can avoid this particular pitfall. We're going to have a song first, but join us afterwards for the first half of the final sermon in our series entitled Family Matters. When I
series on family matters uh, from the book of Colossians we've been looking at the third chapter we started out with uh, the verses that teach us to mortify our members and we went through that which led us directly into the verses about marriage and family which makes sense because if you're going to have a successful marriage if you're going to have a successful family uh, then you have to mortify some members. You have to put off some things. You have to put on some things. Uh, the old man has to be put down, and the new man, that regenerated part of us, has to be built up. The way we do that is through studying his word and fellowshipping with his saints and praying to him and constantly seeking his will and not ours. As we have journeyed through this um, series on family matters we've done it because as we always try to remind you family matters we know that and more than ever today a biblical family matters we've looked at unbiblical goals in parenting you know we've talked about the idea that we want kids to be successful well that's fine as long as we define success in the right way in the biblical way We've talked about some biblical goals in parenting, teaching our children to fear the Lord and uh, teaching our children the Word of God and how to honor God. We have looked at biblical methods in parenting. I don't care what the worldly philosophies say, it's not 
gentle parenting that we should be seeking, but biblical parenting. And biblical parenting involves applying the rod uh, and engaging in reproof. That is, uh, being uh, the disciplinarian uh, when necessary, but always explaining ultimately to the to the children, your children, what it is that uh, you're doing and why. And God's way just always worked. It always works. Um, this morning, I want to kind of wrap it all up and talk about parenting in general and maybe some concluding remarks if the Lord will bless us. You see, parenting is a very fulfilling job. You look back with me over in Colossians chapter 3 and verse 21. It says, fathers, provoke not your children to anger, lest they be discouraged. And if you'll turn back to Ephesians chapter 6, then you'll see a little, it's been, he elaborates on it a little bit in Ephesians chapter 6. He says uh, in chapter 6 and verse 4, ye fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Now we've talked about the difficulties and we're going to talk a little more today about how, how it's not easy to parent. But I just want to lay the groundwork by saying it is a very fulfilling thing to be a parent if you do it in a godly biblical way. In Psalms 127, uh, he starts off, the psalmist does, talking about the house. And I believe he's talking about not just a building. Uh, he's using the analogy of a building to, to uh, a physical building to uh, describe our spiritual house, our home. He said, except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build it. You can do all, you can put all kinds of efforts into building your family, but if the Lord is not in it, if you leave the Lord out of it, you're building in vain. He said, except the Lord keep the city, the watchman waketh, but in vain. Uh, there's, there's many things that we need to do as parents, that, that we need to do as uh, members of the church, as, as family members of God, of the family of God, to, to try to keep out the bad things of the world. But unless the Lord is in the matter, then all we do will be vain. We must involve the Lord in everything. Now, understand what I'm saying. I realize the Lord is involved in everything. He's always there. He's everywhere present, but nowhere absent. But what I'm talking about is actively, consciously involving God in our lives. If we don't do that, then if we leave him out, then the things that we do will never fulfill us. The things that, you know, we can have all kinds of success in this world. Our children can have all kinds of success in this world, and it will be but a vain thing. It'll be empty. He said, it is vain for you to rise up early, to sit up late, to eat the bread of sorrows, for so he giveth his beloved sleep. I know this, and just to throw it in for what it's worth, there have been many sleepless nights in my life. The older I get, the more sleepless nights I have, seems like. Uh, maybe I go to sleep pretty quickly, but by 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning, I'm awake. <laughs> and you know, most always the reason I stay awake is not because I'm pondering on the things that God has blessed me with, but I'm worrying about the problems in my life, and I'm leaving God out of it. I'm just not thinking about, well, you know, Lord, I've got this problem, but I know you're going to take care of it. I'm sitting there stewing in my mind and in my heart how to fix it and how or how it's not being fixed, you know, and how things are just getting worse and worse. Whereas if, and I've, I've learned this lesson and I don't always apply it. Sometimes I'm better off just to get up and go to the scriptures and just start reading. And that calms me every time. Notice this though, as our point, we get back on our point this morning, lo, children are an heritage of the Lord and the fruit of the womb is his reward. 
I know today that the world looks on uh, children as a burden. It looks on children as something to be disposed of. But I want you to understand that children are an heritage of the Lord. It is a reward from the God. Now, they're not easy. Don't go into parenting thinking, oh, this is going to be easy. No, it's not. It's going to be the hardest endeavor you'll ever undertake. Whether you're a biological parent or a step-parent or a grandparent or someone who's helping a foster parent, maybe, or something like that, it's an undertaking that's not easy. We're going to talk about that, but it is a reward. As arrows are in the hand of a mighty man, so are children of the youth. Happy is the man that hath his quiver full of them. They shall not be ashamed, but they shall speak with the enemies in the gate. The blessings of family are great. And notice he says, children are like arrows. You know, uh, if you got a sword, you kind of keep it close, right? That's how it, that's how it works. That's how it helps you, uh, close fighting. If you got arrows, they're no good unless you shoot them out there. In other words, your goal is for your children to be able to make it in this world in a godly way, in a spiritual way. That's whether, whether they move away or whether they live close or even live with you. They are still their children that you're raising up because one day if nature takes its course, they'll be without you. My point being this is that our jobs as parents are to lay the foundation for our children to build upon. Now... Parenting is a fulfilling job, but parenting is not an easy job. I think we made that point, but I want to go back to it because our verse this morning said this. It says, fathers, provoke not your children to anger, lest they be discouraged. Now, I want to talk about that. You know, I've told you already in this series that there have been times when I would really like to just turn around and face the wall because it's too embarrassing for me to preach this to you when I've messed it up myself, you know. So, so when, I just remind you of that because I want you to know I didn't get it right all the time. In fact, there were many times I messed it up. My children sitting here, it's even more embarrassing to preach in front of them. I really wish y'all weren't here this morning and I could just preach it and y'all wouldn't be sitting up there looking at each other like, what? Just kidding. Uh, so, but seriously, it, it, this, is, this is a problem that we all have, and one particularly I was afflicted with. It is easy to provoke your children. The problem of provocation exists in every family to a lesser or greater extent. The word provoke here in, in Colossians is a different Greek word than the word provoke back over in Ephesians. Remember in Ephesians 6, 4, it said, Fathers, provoke not your children to wrath. And he goes on to tell what we should do. But he says, don't do that. Well, in Colossians, the word provoke means to stir them up, to get them all stirred up. And that can be in a good sense. Over in, uh, I think it's 2 Corinthians 9, we're to stir one another up to good works, okay? But in this sense, it's in the bad sense. Don't provoke them, don't stir them up in the bad way. We should, not do, we should provoke our children in a good way, but we should not provoke them in this bad way, okay? Back over in Ephesians, the word means to rouse, to wrath, or to anger, or to exasperate. I like that word because that's exactly what can happen when we as parents, and I know it's talking to fathers particularly, I'll come back to that in a moment because I think fathers have a particular danger here that they can fall into this. 
But we should not, we should not exasperate our children. And we can exasperate them in so many ways. We can provoke them in so many ways. We'll come back to that, Lord willing, as well and use some examples. Now, let me just say this, though. It does not mean that we never do anything to upset or annoy our children. It doesn't mean that we always go along with them. It doesn't mean that we never make them angry. There are indeed times when they don't get to have their way. There are times when you have to correct them. There are times when you have to bring them back. And some kids more than others. Sometimes, you know, I can, I can think back without using specific examples. We were talking about it the other night around the table. The four children that we had, some of them needed spanking a lot. <laughs> some of them I could just look at and they would stop, you know. They would, they would, that would hurt them worse than a spanking, you know. So we should never be just overly provoking them in a, in a bad way. And this is particularly a message for fathers, but it includes the mothers as well. I think, though, that the Lord kind of knows his creation, don't you think? And, and maybe it's just, maybe the reason he singled out fathers is because it is truly usually us fathers who do the provoking. At least that's been my experience. And by the way, that means fathers, you're to have an active role in raising your children. Again, we'll come back to that in a moment. You see, you're not going to be provoking them or in danger of provoking them if you're never there, if you're not engaged. It's easy to provoke your children. It's also easy, by the way, to neglect your children. That One of the clearest commandments, we've just read it here, one of the clearest commandments regarding child rearing is found there in Ephesians 6 and verse 4. Fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. That implies an active role in the parenting. You see, it's, you know, it's, it's see, sometimes, I mean, I've, I've known of some fathers that overtly take that approach. They either leave uh, the marriage and the family and they go off on their own or they tell the, even when they stay, they tell the mother, well, it's your job to raise the kids. I'm going I'm to bring home the bacon, so to speak. And it's your job to raise them. But more often it happens by default that we get busy, we get too engaged in our work and maybe in our recreation as well and ultimately it leaves it to the mother to to do most of the raising of the children that word uh, bring them up that greek phrase there means to rear up to maturity it also can mean to cherish or to train and of course to nourish that's another thing think about that parents think about that fathers Fathers, it is our job, it is our responsibility to nourish our children. That doesn't mean this kind of nourishment that you maybe think about in the world today where it's all about their feelings and all about their self-esteem. That's not what we're talking about here. That gentle parenting doesn't work. That permissive parenting certainly does not work that we talked about last time. But it does mean that you are intimately involved, that you are engaged in bringing up these children. He said, bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. The word nurture there in Strong's Concordance means the whole training and education of children, which relates to the cultivation of the mind and morals and employs for this purpose uh, commands and admonitions, reproof and punishment. It's instruction which aims at the increase of virtue. It is chastisement and chastening of your children. All of that is included in that word nurture. Bring them up in the nurture of the Lord. The word admonition there 
comes from a root word that means mind. Clearly, he's talking about the training up of the mind. You're teaching them things. You're admonishing them. You're teaching them as they grow. Proverbs 29, 15. Remember, it said, The rod and reproof giveth wisdom, but a child left to himself bringeth his mother to shame. What he's saying here is, is that the rod is important, yes, but you also have to add with it reproof. We'll, again, we'll come back to that in a moment about ways we can discourage our children, the ways we can provoke them to wrath when we don't tell them why we're disciplining them. But you have to engage in the rod and reproof. That's how they get wisdom. And by the way, I'm not saying there is never a time to make a child go, you know, separate them from their uh, siblings and say, you've got to go sit on the couch or you've got to go over here. Uh, you know, it's called time out today. I'm not, I'm not against a version of that, but let me just tell you what the Bible says. A child left to himself bringeth his mother to shame. So if that's the only way you engage in any kind of, uh, of discipline is you say, okay, you're going to go to your room and stay there all day. Well, nowadays, if you leave their phone with them, they got all they need. <laughs> Uh, used to it used to have to used to we used to have to hide a little video game uh, console somewhere in the room to be able to uh, endure the timeout, if you will. And my mom didn't do much timeout. Let me just say that too. We it was it was time in for us uh, uh, involving a very stout rod and uh, switch. Did they ever? Let me just add. Did any, did any of your parents ever make you go cut the switch? Yeah, I thought I was being abused as a child, but I had to go cut the switch, you know. I had to go cut it, and I'd, I made the mistake one time, Brother Keith, of cutting one little bitty one. And, buddy, that did not, that did not work. I, I got a double whammy from that, but anyway. But the rod has to be applied, and it's not just all about time out. Yes, there's a place for separating a child from his siblings to make him think about what he's doing, but that is not the way that we should primarily discipline. It's not, you see, and it's not enough to beat him and banish him, okay? You don't just whip him and say, go to your room. You whip him, you, you, give, you apply the rod in the right way, and then you explain why, and then you integrate them back into the family. See, they're not, they're not banished, you see. And if we're not careful, as I've already said, we will discourage our children. That's what the Bible says, is it not? He says, fathers, provoke not your children to anger, lest they be discouraged. That word discouraged there, it's in, I've, I've told you this before about Greek. Greek. In the Greek language, you'll take a primary uh, noun, okay, or verb, and if you put the little alpha in front of it, it makes it mean the exact opposite of what it's defined as. So, so in this case, there's this word uh, thumio or thumos, and it means to be full of spirit, to be full of courage, to be fierce and full of passion. And, and in this phrase, in this uh, verse here, the word is athumos, athumio in the verb form. And what that means is the exact opposite of being full of spirit. It means literally to be disheartened, to be broken in spirit. Do we really want dispirited, broken-spirited, passionless children? If that's what you want, just keep on provoking them to anger. Just keep on doing what the Bible says not to do, and that's where we'll end up. And fathers, this means you and me. I've heard it said before that a woman's place is in the home. I've heard that. But I want to tell you something. 
According to the scripture, the man's place is in the home. I know physically we have to go to work, but our hearts ought to be always uh, 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 geared toward and focused upon home. I'm thankful for the job I have. I enjoy the job that I have, but my heart is not drawn out to my job every day. When, I go, when I'm laid out here in this cemetery one day, I don't want them to put on the tombstone, I wish, he'd, I wish I'd spent more time at work. <laughs> Nobody wants that, right? I wish I'd spent more time at home. We can't all be farmers like my daddy was where he worked at home and we were all together. But we still must be there, fathers. We must be there. You know how love is spelled? Love is spelled T-I-M-E. And that means we need to be making time for our sons and daughters. You know, the instruction is, the burden is on us. Proverbs 1.8 says, My son, hear the instruction of thy father. Now, the mothers are involved in that, too. It says, forsake not the law of thy mother. But listen, uh, the, the, the instruction is primarily to come. You're ultimately responsible for the instruction of your children, fathers. Over in the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 6, probably one of the best places to describe what it is that we ought to be doing as parents, especially us fathers, because this is primarily uh, written to fathers. In Proverbs, I mean, Deuteronomy, chapter 6, and verse 1. He said, now these are the commandments, the statutes and the judgments, which the Lord your God commanded to teach you that you might do them in the land whither you go to possess it. And he's saying here that he's just given us the Ten Commandments again. He's just laid them out again. And that's what Deuteronomy is about. It's the second giving of the law. He's repeating, he's reminding them of what he told them initially in Exodus. And he says, where, where you're going in the land to possess it, that means where you live, this is how you ought to act. That thou mightest fear the Lord thy God to keep all his statutes and his commandments which I command thee, thou and thy son and thy son's son all the days of thy life that thy days may be prolonged. This is directed primarily at fathers and he's saying fathers it's your job to teach your sons, it's to, your job to teach your children and your grandchildren and your great grandchildren. It is your job to set forth the example and to perform these acts of teaching, it's ultimately on you. And then he goes on to give them the, the great statement there. He says, Hear therefore, O Israel, and observe to do it, that it may be well with thee. And he goes on to talk about that in verse 4. He says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, and thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart and with all thy soul and with all thy might. That's the ultimate, um, the, the, the primary commandment of the law, the first commandment according to Jesus. And then he says this, look at verses 6 through 9, that's what I wanted to get to. And these words, which I command thee this day, shall be in thine heart. Fathers, we got to have these words in our hearts. We need to know the scriptures. We need to spend time in the word. It needs to be in our hearts so that verse 7 can occur. And thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children. And shall talk of them. How do we do this? We'll talk of them when thou sittest in thine house, and when thou walkest by the way, and when thou liest down, and when thou risest up. When, is, when are we supposed to, are we supposed to have a certain time when we sit down once a week and have 15 or 20 minutes or an hour of Bible study? That would be wonderful. That would be a great idea. You young parents, employ that. Do it daily if you can. We didn't always do that. We tried to do it some, and sometimes we did it, and sometimes we didn't. But here's what you got to do. 
whether you have that kind of Bible study or not, you need to be talking about the things of God when you're sitting in your house. You need to be talking about the things of God when you're walking by the way. You need to be talking about the things of God when you're getting ready for bed and when you get up the next morning. That ought to be foremost on your mind and that ought to be things you share with your children. And if you're at the point where you don't have children at home anymore, maybe you don't have children at all, you need to be sharing them with those around you. I I mentioned this morning about uh, the dear brother that got killed down at McClinney and how he ended up at that church. It was because Brother David was talking about the things of God. He was sharing the things of God with them. He wasn't always going around preaching. I don't mean that, but he was living in a way that showed forth that he knew God. And there was something different about him. And we need to be doing that, especially with our children. Due to the constraints of time, we will stop the message here. But please join us tomorrow for the conclusion of this message. If you would like to subscribe to our website, please go to www.zionpbc.com and sign up for email updates. If you have any questions, please feel free to contact the church at zionpbc1847 at gmail.com. That's Z-I-O-N-P-B-C-1847 at gmail.com. Or you can email me directly at jchrismacool at gmail.com. That's the letter J-C-H-R-I-S-M-C-C-O-O-L at gmail.com. Again, thank you for listening. May the Lord bless you is my prayer. We thank you for listening to today's message. For more information, please visit us online at zionpbc.com.